0: What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You are listening to episode 86. I am your host, Greg, and I'm here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. Uh, We are back after taking a week off for random things such as I was dead. So how are you guys doing tonight?
1: I'm doing great. I mean, the Red Wings suck. I was at the game on uh, Saturday and then I got so sick of watching bad hockey that I asked my friend Ryan, hey, do you want to go see the BU game? Sure, why not? So they serve beer there, so we both headed over. I mean, it was a pretty good game.
2: Uh, watching some hockey, which is the usual sadness of the week. And other than that, it's kind of hanging out.
0: So there's not a ton to talk about in Red Wings land, besides the fact that they are, yes, terrible. Philip Zadina still injured. Hironic took a yes. shot to the Dome uh, during the last game, and he is out. Uh, and instead of saying upper body, they put head. So I don't know if that means he's having concussion symptoms. I don't know what that means because no one's saying anything. He is listed as day-to-day. So heronic's another one we got to worry about. But at this point, shut him down for the season. Who cares?
1: He has nothing to prove. He's been the best defenseman on the team by a landslide. Oh, yeah. He's been so...
0: like one of the only defense. Now I have, I will say I have liked what I've seen from Gustav Lindstrom, the kid's got yeah, me speed. Too. He's got fire. He's not going to get you points, but I mean, he's a, he's a hell of a defensive defenseman who I think is playing on the second pairing tonight against he's, Montreal. He's been what
2: you would hope for, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We knew we could see what he was doing down in Grand Rapids. I, I can't say that I was watching him intently. I so I'm not going to act like I do, I was, but he's had a lot of high praise for the last year, year and a half. And to see him come up and actually handle it I think pretty well and to your point he's been flying around the ice and he hasn't looked out a place out there for what their defense is that's all you can ask for
0: no and he's a pretty decent body I think he's playing with Patrick Nemeth tonight but our to tell you how we're doing our top deep pair is green and daily so Jesus. yeah not not what you want to be going into a game with. So when Heronik's gone, I would say that that Lidstrom is a legitimate defenseman. He, he has shown that even in this very small sample size, he looks like he can play in this league uh, pretty effectively. But I, I mean, when heronic has gone, you've, you've got an AHL caliber defense up and down the line uh, and it's struggling to be a AHL caliber defense up and down the line. Um, but just that's... the
2: inability of uh, this defense to move the puck is just incredible. Yeah, there's yeah, no so first bad. pass. There's absolutely it's no so first bad. pass.
0: But hopefully coming up here after the trade deadline, which is in six days, which you'd be hard-pressed to figure out how with all the trades that have been going on, but hopefully we can make a couple moves, get Sider up for nine games, and see what he can do at the NHL level, um, especially if heronic's going to be out for any extended period of time.
2: I'm hard pressed to know what trade that he can pull off
0: on the defensive side. Yes. Um, I would say the more that, that others like DeMello go and um, Andy green and, and people like that go, the more someone's going to get desperate and take someone like a Mike green just to do it. I mean, it, it'll be a team that's going to take Mike green and put him on their third pairing.
2: I will say it's going to be a strictly depth signing or yeah. trade.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I don't think anyone, as much as uh, Trevor Daly might want to be traded, he's not going anywhere. There's no team in their right mind that would take Trevor Daly under any circumstances for any amount of picks. No, because
1: like at least Mike Green can like you can put him on the third pair, you can put him on the second power play unit in a pinch, you can put him on the first power play unit, and he'll give you something. Daly's not giving you anything offensively, no. and it's he's not giving headache. you anything defensively. He's just he's just not good.
0: No, and I don't see him I, I honestly can't see him playing past this season. He's gotta retire with the, the not just the bad play, but the amount of injury that he's seen over the past two seasons.
1: And I just want to be clear. I hate to say this because like, you know, Trevor Daly, I'm sure seems like a great guy and like, you know, he's a prideful hockey player and all this, but like, you know, it's getting to the point in time where, like you said, it's, it's, it's probably the end of his career and he might as well shut it down because he just looks like a shell of himself.
0: Yeah. And I, he was never this bad. I mean, in the cup run, no. the penguins, he was a solid defenseman, and that's honestly why they picked him up. Because he was a decent, solid defenseman for the Penguins, and then he comes here and he was, what, okay for maybe a season? Like, not good, but okay. Yeah, he was okay. And since then— He was a shut-down guy. Yeah, but since then, I mean, just—I think injuries and age have Mm -hmm. killed the rest of his career, and I don't see there's any way he, he would be signed by another team, let alone traded, so we can probably knock that off the table.
1: I think it's more likely that he you know hopefully you know knock on wood not for his sake but like you know if he gets hurt again they probably shut him down for the rest of the year
0: yeah I wouldn't see why not in other news around the league uh head coach boost Boudreau of the Minnesota Wild was fired that makes another coach gone before Blaschel which was interesting because we knew the Wild were bad and I can't really fault Boudreau because they he
2: got set up for failure
0: Exactly. And like, they're like, we want to make a playoff push. And then they trade Jason Zucker, which is like one of their best players on their team. And then they fire their head coach, which, so now you throw in an interim, you get rid of your best player. You can say you're trying to push for playoffs all you want, but there's no way in hell. I don't, I don't think that's happening for the wild. Well,
1: what Bill Guerin said was bullshit then, because he said something about like, um, If some, if anybody quits, not not in these words, but basically, if anyone quits, they're off the team, um, regardless of whether we make trades or not. I mean, I don't know why you have to say that. I don't know why you have to say that to the media. I mean, it's just like one of those things. It's like that's an unwritten rule. I mean, you're a hockey player. You're making millions of dollars. You shouldn't quit on your team no matter what. You know, and 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 this is one of the sports that like you know still has that pride factor left. Where like, you know, even even in a football game, if you're down, you know, 40 something, you know, you're still giving it your all like hockey's the same way. And like, I don't know why a general manager has to say that. That doesn't make sense. A whole lot of sense to me. So the funny
0: the funny thing about the Boudreaux firing is he did an interview after. And the quote was he says it was funny because Bill came in and he shut the door. And as soon as he shut the door, I knew. He goes, you just know. Right. And he says, I'm going to make a change. And I instantly said, are you firing me? And he goes, yes. And I responded with, are you fucking kidding me? So that's (laughs) like that would be my response, too, because there's like Boudreaux is not the guy who like he's not the reason the wild are bad. The wild are bad because their team is bad.
1: No, but I think Boudreaux should have been gone at the beginning of the season when Bill Guerin took over. They had Mike Russo on Chicklets, and he was shit talk Paul Fenton, who basically oh. like ruined the Minnesota Wild, like the the culture in there and everything like that. So yeah,
2: that's that's where Boudreau was just set up to fail. Like yeah. that, the moves that he made. I mean, you have a GM that's there for one year, he completely dismantles and tries to refactor that entire team. And then you expect the coach to try to recover from that. They, they just didn't. And that's what sucked. So I can't, I don't blame Boudreau for
1: reacting that way. I don't either.
0: Yeah. And Boudreau, I mean, in this, you know, as soon as a coach gets fired, it's the instant, why does Blaschel still have a job reaction? And then the other half of it is, well, you should, Stevie you should go hire Bruce Boudreau. Well, Bruce Boudreaux plays no. he coaches no. a defensive style. And again, we don't have the defense to run his system. So it's just it's not going to work. Uh, our problem, our main problem, as you can see from this current game, is we can't put the puck in or around the net. That's that's our bi- one of our big issues right now is that we lose five to one, not five to three. Be a little bit more comfortable playing a defensive style if we lost five to three. We don't. We lose five to one. That's a problem.
2: Look but- at my, look, You want your example of why a defense is important no matter how many goals you can score? Look at the Capitals right now. They have an incredible offense, can score almost at will. Yep. But their defense is hot garbage. They've got yeah. great play. Now, don't get me wrong, they have great defensemen, but they don't play a team defensive game. At least they haven't in the last like two weeks. I haven't seen them on TV in overwatch, but but you, you have to, to matter do that, you have.
0: Yeah. To be able to do that, though, you have to know you can outscore your defensive deficiencies. Uh-huh. Well, it's, they like, do
2: it's, that. It's, it's difficult to do that, though, when you're allowing five goals a night.
0: Exactly. I mean, it, it's difficult for us to do that when you're only getting 20 <clears throat> shots on goal a night right. and the other team right. is getting 46. So yeah. that's the yeah, big. Like thing.
2: right now, it's seven to two in shots.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it'd be another, I mean, Weber's back. Weber had to come back to face the Red Wings. They don't want to make it 0-4, so.
1: I can't even tell you the last time they outshot somebody.
0: I can't either. Oh, and because, a, like, oof. even
1: that Bruins game that they won, uh, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before that, was um, they, they got outshot in that game. They got outplayed in that game, and they still won. Can we just talk about the fact that Jimmy Howard hasn't won a game since December?
0: Yeah, I'm not worried about it. Honestly, not
1: worried, but it's it's still depressing. I mean, it's depressing. I mean, you got to think like what he's thinking right now.
0: He's thinking. I mean, he's, he's like a, he,
1: a fucking game. Jimmy's yeah. he's looking get me buddy. out of here.
0: That's what he's thinking. Get or me out that. of here. Let me retire. Let me go to play a backup in a different city. Like, I, I don't. I, there's no way. He, he just wants. I, I mean, you got to want out at that point, right? When your team doesn't help you at all, and you've mm-hmm. actually looked a lot better than than you did previously, but you still let in four goals because you know you have no defense sitting in front of you. So, uh, I think we're gonna move on to kind of one of the main things. And like I said, we are six days away from trade deadline. We have been talking trade for the past month or so, simply because there's not much else to talk about with the Red Wings. But you would have thought today was like trade deadline, like the precursor, because things just kept happening, and I don't. It came out of nowhere. Once one drops, another team that was in on it has to go find another option before they're out of options, which is generally what happens. But I think we're going to go back a, a few days to the 16th, where kind of I I started this as the gauge for for what we might see in returns for people like Athanasio. So if you look at the 16th, the Tampa Bay Lightning (laughs) traded their 2020 first round pick, which I guess was Vancouver's pick. And Nolan Foote to the New Jersey Devils for Blake Coleman. Now, I'm going to give you a little background on Blake Coleman, and I'm going to tell you why I don't know what Breezeball was thinking. Uh, Blake Coleman is (laughs) Blake Coleman is 28 years old. He has played 57 games a season with 21 goals, 10 assists, 31 points. So he's one of the better players on the Devils. Um, that's not saying much because the Devils are not good this season. Uh, last season in 78 games, he had 36 points. So he's on pace to beat his, his season from last year. But again, Blake Coleman is 28. Uh, if he has not peaked already, if this is not his peak year, It'll be next season or the season after and then he will start declining, which is great for them. Yeah, sure.
2: But for the for the price, I mean, it's not anything to worry about there
0: for the price. So uh, Breeze must have been sleeping every time that Steve Iserman made a trade because he got pretty fleeced there. I mean, that's not a super fleece but it's, it's pretty, I mean, pretty apparent. And, and Blake Coleman's, I mean, the contract's decent. It's $1.8 million. It's got one year left on it. And then he's a UFA, but for, for a guy that you're going to stick on your third line, maybe, I don't know where Blake Coleman slots in Blake Coleman's a center. I don't know where you're putting him.
2: I mean, I think in a move like that, it's, it's a, point where you can't have too many centers no especially coming into the playoffs and you're coming down to the to the rush you want that flexibility to have as many guys that can play a full 200 foot game when it comes to playoff time because you know it's going to be a grind you know that that's the one thing that tampa's going to be relying on is knowing that guys are going to be back because they have so much firepower so i think that was where it's actually beneficial you can be less worried about benching a winger or having five centers out there on your lineup rather than having, you know, your usual four or three reliable guys. He he gives that extra depth that you can throw him on a third, second or second line in a tight situation. Even when it comes to the penalty killing, he's going to give you something that you you didn't have before. I think that's the biggest takeaway for me. me.
0: Yeah. But I I don't think Blake Coleman is basically to, to kind of put it in perspective. So, it's a first round 2020 first round pick. Now we know how deep this draft is, even through the whole first round. So that's good. Um, it's
2: conditional too.
0: Uh, the first round pick. It is. Is it? It yep. is.
2: It's I'm pulled up the old cat friendly. It's yeah, conditional because it can go if, to the next uh, season. If the Canucks do not make the playoffs this year, that 2020 pick is a 2021 first round pick.
0: Yeah, it can flip to the next season. Now the mm-hmm. the kicker on that is. If they don't make the playoffs and it's a lottery pick, they're like, "We're gonna push it." If if Vancouver doesn't make the playoffs next season, then you could be even in even worse shape. I guess it's another gamble pick. You're, you're taking a gamble on on when you think it's gonna hit.
2: True. If if Vancouver doesn't make it this year, I'll be absolutely amazed.
0: Well, there's a Vancouver trade that we're gonna talk about too. That was kind of weird. That happened last last night, late last night. Um, But Nolan Foote was the other piece, and, and they had the, it made for some great puns and jokes, but <laughs> they had both the Foote brothers. Uh, Nolan Foote was drafted uh, last season, uh, number uh, round one, number 27. So far this season with the Kelowna Rockets, he has 33 points in 27 games. Last season, he finished out. With 63 points in 66 games, so yeah, he's, he's a winger, mind you. Yeah, he's a left wing, so he's outpacing his last season. He's six. He's six foot four, 200 mm-hmm. pounds, uh, playing in the WHL. So Jesus Christ, big guy, big heavy guy who is just uh, dominating in the WHL this season. See, but here's what I don't get: Why
1: isn't a first-round pick enough?
0: that's my point exactly i mean you yeah like, ideally yeah
1: I mean why do you have to give up if you're Tampa Bay why do you have to give up a guy that's probably like i mean obviously headman's part of their future and everything like that but like what happens when you have to pay a guy like sergachev Okay, you can say goodbye to Sergachev and you bring up a guy like Nolan Foote and basically it just kind of like okay, well, you know, we can't pay Sergachev, so we're going to, you know, bring up Foot and pay him, you know, 925 grand or what have you. Yeah. Like I don't that that's that's why teams like Chicago And teams like Pittsburgh, well, I mean, Pittsburgh has done a really good job at it and Chicago did at one point. And then they got stupid and they started signing everyone to, you know, 10 year deals and seven year deals or what have you. But like uh, Tampa Bay, that that I mean, that's one of those things when you look back in a couple of years that when they can't sign a guy like Sergeyev or, you know, they they need to sign him this year well exactly or, or you know i believe they have kucherov that's up again in a couple of years and they're gonna have to pay pony up and pay him no no,
2: kucherov uh, is no.
0: for the rest of they, his life. they
1: got him long term oh he's yeah. locked up. oh okay so he is they're gonna
0: have down. so what's gonna happen is in 2022-23 they're gonna have to pay brayden point again
1: okay. brayden point that's right. that's okay. a problem so so that's yeah yep. and he Plus just they've also to got get better so yeah
2: the other other names that they're gonna have to look at figuring out is sorelli up there in the forward spot. I mean, he's a, a solid depth guy. One of the centers that we kind of were hinting towards when you can't have too many of them.
1: Yeah. They've got pretty out. good. He's got huh? really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Sorelli's got really good. I want fit- Tampa Bay quite a bit. And like I said, I mean, that's one of those things when you look back, if they can't sign one of their players in a couple of years, you're going to be like, why did you have to trade um, foot away? I mean,
2: overall they've got a fantastic core signed a depth or for long term I should say but like their their biggest question mark and it's kind of similar to where Toronto's at is what are they going to do on defense yeah and that's kind of adding to your point there Tyler about Sergachev. like he he has to get paid this year or you pray that he takes a a friendly bridge deal yeah yeah Kevin Shattenkirk who's actually and I think I called this one before the season start on a reclamation project he's had a solid year back there for him just playing a, a nice role Defenseman type has anyone
1: fallen off more than Kevin Shattenkirk? I think I tweeted this the other Mike day. Mike Green, that, yeah, uh, okay, but Mike, yeah, Mike, I mean, Mike Green, yeah, but like Shattenkirk was like a number one defenseman with the Blues, yeah, yeah he but was he's better good. than Petrangelo at one point. Oh,
2: yeah, totally, but he still can provide that. And he, I mean, granted, it helps that he's like that's where uh, Mike Green trade would could be beneficial because he could be that Kevin Shattenkirk type. Oh, they what, were just saying down to Tampa. No, I'm just talking a team like Tampa or a playoff bound team. He can provide what Shattenkirk's doing for Tampa right now.
0: Yeah, because right now for Tampa, Kevin uh, Kevin Shattenkirk in 60 games has 30 points. I mean, he's playing at 0.5 games, uh, 0.5 points per game, uh, as where last season with New York in 73 games, he had 28 points. Yeah.
2: For a guy that's making south of two million a year, that's pretty, pretty damn good.
1: Yeah. Well, if I'm the wings, uh, if I'm the wings, you know what I do? I go down to Tampa Bay. Uh, well, I mean, Julian Breezeball was stupid enough to do this Blake Coleman trade. So why not go down to him and say, "Hey, look, we'll give you Mike Green. You give us Matthew Joseph. See you later. <laughs> Take it or leave it." Wow, you are feeling good. Good yeah. today, huh?
0: Yeah, it's. A, I don't think. Uh, I don't even think Iserman has the balls on him to go down there and do that.
1: <laughs> but. well you know what i mean you know what stupid general managers seem to do stupid shit all the time and it's not just one of these things where they do it once they continuously do it shirelli did it ken holland did it uh glenn Saver did it with the rangers quite a bit like i mean i don't know i mean i'm not saying that they, they would do that i'm just saying that that's what i would do if i was them and you know, I mean, you're probably not going to get Matthew Joseph, but you might get someone way better than what you're going to get on yeah. the other market from Mike Green.
0: Yeah, but that uh, so the Blake Coleman trade uh, kind of set off. I like I said, I think it it marked the the kind of market for forwards because today Tyler Toffoli, uh no, it was yesterday. Tyler Toffoli yesterday. Yep. Uh, was traded from the L.A. Kings to the Vancouver Canucks. And the Vancouver Canucks traded for forward Tim Schaller, center Tyler Madden, which is a good prospect, a twenty twenty second second-round pick, and a 2022 20, conditional fourth-round pick. So Tyler Toffoli has again been one of the better guys on a not good team, and that's kind of an understatement. Uh, the the Kings are not good, but uh, no. yeah, Tyler they're
1: right there with us.
0: Tyler Toffoli is 27 years old and in 58 games has 34 points. Kind of similar to what Blake Coleman's looking like at around the same age. So you you gave up Tim Schaller. So Tim Schaller is 29, older, a center, and has six points in 51 games. That's not a really important signing or uh, an important piece of it. But the piece that you're looking at is, is Tyler Madden. Mm-hmm. So, Tyler Madden was a round three draft pick, number 68 overall in 2018. He plays for Northeastern University and has 37 points in 27 games. Um, Madden is where you're getting your value in this trade, and then you're also getting your value in the 2020 second round pick. The Kings are bad. They need to stock up, uh, they need to put more in their system. And again, I think this is an overpayment from Vancouver to the Kings because of what Blake Coleman got.
2: Oh, absolutely it is. I mean, the Tim Schaller thing—that's that was more of just a dump a salary to dump. kind of account, yeah, to account for fully coming in. But it didn't. Other than that, I mean, you're getting that 2020 20 second round pick turned into like a late first because of how deep this draft is, as, as we've talked about before, uh, Madden. Tyler, you probably were watching him the other night and didn't even realize it.
1: Uh no, so, I, I know exactly who Tyler Madden. Is. He's 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 definitely by far the a, best player on Northeastern. And is he I mean so no, yeah, you're getting a guy
2: that's coming in, he's playing in a solid league. I mean, I don't know if this is how accurate it is. I'm looking here at Cap friendly. They're showing him at 5'11", 150 Yeah, he's
1: going he's yeah, is he, he's how, not, he's, yeah, he's is he really that, that small or skinny, yeah, I should say? Yeah, he's not that big. but he's uh he's shifty, he's quick, he knows where to be. So, so definitely can put the puck in the net.
2: I forget who said it, but um I want to say it was Wyshynski tweeted it out that how do the L.A. Kings keep getting so rich when it comes to their prospect pool because they just keep stacking up and yeah. just reload. They've reloaded to an extent that you think that their rebuild might not be much further off from actually you know coming to fruition and they still have enough guys in their prime that they can make an impact with it i mean it's to be seen of course much like detroit but they have the fourth
0: lowest cap in the entire league
2: exactly so they have the ability and if you want to say hey you want to come play with drew dowdy and anze kopitar you're probably going to say yes
0: and dustin brown well
2: (laughs) maybe maybe like seven years ago
0: but again, they're about to move another piece out of town. It sounds like Vegas is in on Alec Martinez, who has also... that one
2: surprised me.
0: Really, the
2: the the, Bob, the Mac attack coming out with that with that report earlier today. I saw.
0: Yeah, Martinez uh, in this season's only played forty one games and has eight points. But I mean, it's he's a. a Depth defensive guy who, who you could put on your on your blue line and not really have to worry about much getting past them. Mm-hmm. But again, isn't, L.A. isn't he stacking. scored the
2: didn't he score the O.T. Winner against the Rangers. Yep. Yeah. In the cup.
0: Yep. yep. Yeah. So it's another guy that, that L.A. is going to get rid of. They'll probably get a pretty decent pick for him. What it sounds like from McKenzie is it's sounding like two second round picks for uh, I mean Alec Martinez. Which, Pretty they, damn good. Yeah, again, all these high picks are being thrown around. Now, I was looking at TSN's trade bait list, and right above, two slots above, Athanasiu, because I think Athanasiu is at seven. Two slots above that is the Carolina Hurricanes' first-round pick, and I think you could probably ship Athanasiu to Carolina for that first-round pick. So just
2: dear God, just, God, and they may not make the playoffs either.
0: Flop those two things,
2: and if that happened and they didn't make the playoffs, oh
0: yeah. I mean, we it's possible
2: to, because the, that that division is so damn hard right now.
0: Yeah, but looking so looking at these trades, these forward trades, this is kind of what you're you're looking for in and how you're going to gauge what Athens U goes for. But we'll go through the next couple of trades that, that happened today. The New York Rangers sent defenseman Joey Keane to the Carolina mm-hmm. Hurricanes for Julian Gothier. Uh, Gothier has been a his name was thrown around quite a bit. Uh, if I recall, he was a pretty decent prospect that I believe fell off. A little bit.
1: Yeah, I think he played on the World Junior Team
0: for Team Canada. Um, he's a former first round draft pick, number twenty one overall mm-hmm. in twenty sixteen by the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, he played in Valdor, where Anthony Mantha played.
1: Yes, yes, yep, I was right. He played on the two thousand and seventeen World Junior Team Canada that lost to the United States in that crazy game. Yeah, in but the
0: in the AHL this season, he uh, he's played five games in the NHL with one assist. 44 games of the AHL with 37 points. So he's a good AHL player. Uh, he People thought this was going to be strictly an AHL trade, that they would just go switch sides. Uh, Gauthier is, was told to report to the Rangers team to go on the trip that they're on now uh, for the next two oh, games. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good for you. He's 22. Uh, Rangers think they may have something there in him. Um, but that is a small trade that happened, and that's kind of what started today off. Uh, then the Winnipeg Jets traded their third round pick for Dylan DeMello to the Ottawa Senators. So that is I think that is a slight underpay for DeMello. He is a defensive defenseman. If you if you look, not a lot of offensive defensemen have been traded so far. Um, but Dylan DeMello in 49. Games with the Ottawa Senators has 10 points, but again, he is your kind of second-pairing defenseman, third-pairing defenseman, and he's just a shutdown guy, which is pretty good for someone mm-hmm. that is 26 years old and was drafted in the sixth round.
1: I mean, Dylan is a, a depth defenseman at best, so...
0: Yeah, but they give a third-round pick to Ottawa for him. So then, a little later, and this is kind of what we saw happen was... I think oh, that...
1: also I would, I would just say he's going to Winnipeg, correct? Yes. yeah DeMillo. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a sneaky good pickup for the jets. And just the only reason I say that is because they lost what three, three or four defensemen this off season. They lost big buff to basically, you know, um, anger grievances. And yeah. he just didn't want to play. They lost Truba to free, uh, to a trade. And then they lost or, uh, to free agency in Montreal. Um, and then they got Neil Pionk back from from the Rangers, who was it was pretty good in that uh, Truba deal. But like you know, that's not a, a Truba. He's not or Truba. A, yeah, Bufflin. Yeah. So I mean, the, getting DeMello back will just at least give them some bodies to work with, and someone that's a- already played in the NHL and and on some pretty good teams like yeah. San Jose.
0: But that trade kind of kicked off what I figured would happen is when one team loses out on someone, they hurry up and overpay for another person. So the Washington Capitals then traded the San Jose Sharks for Brendan Dillon. Uh, they traded them their 2020 second round pick and their 2021 conditional third. That's an overpayment uh, for Brendan Dillon. Brendan Dillon, again, a decent a shutdown
2: guy, yeah. a
0: shut-down defenseman and then someone pointed out, they go, Oh man, they go, you've got Brendan Dillon who has 14 points in 59 games, but he is a not nice guy. Uh, you have Radko Gudis who is a not nice guy and you have Tom Wilson who's a not nice guy all on the same team. So (laughs) yeah, the caps get, uh, angrier as a team. He's um,
2: the type of defenseman they were needing, though, kind of what yeah. like we were talking about earlier.
0: Yeah, like you were saying, they're just, we're not a very good defensive team, but Brennan Dillon adds some grit to the blue line. Um, he will shut people down. He'll throw a couple pucks in front of the net and get some, the, the off assist. Um, but he's there for the, so far, 83 penalty minutes in 59 games that he has. Okay. So, yeah, he's, he's there. They've got
2: an old decor. I shouldn't say old. They're all on their right in their prime but uh, all but one of their defenders is 28 is 28 the rest old are all jensen 29 i mean
1: is
0: he really? john
2: Carlson's their oldest guy at 30 the rest of them are 29 and then orlov's 28 and then segenthaler's 22
0: yeah and dylan's 29 so yeah yeah it's again though they needed that completely defense.
2: irrelevant point that i just brought up right yeah. there so you're welcome <laughs>
0: They needed that defensive help, and he should help that defensively. But a second round pick and a conditional third, two picks in the top three uh, rounds is an overpayment for Brennan Dillon. Yeah.
2: And the other thing that they, I think, that said San Jose retained half his salary, too, which, which sure. was only like three and a half mil. But yeah, yeah. a second round pick, I mean, that, that, that's taking you a little bit toward the Nick Jensen territory for that trade that they made uh, when we got Bowie. Um, it's, I don't, I don't really get that one to be honest. It's
0: well, it's a pan. They need,
2: yeah, they need the help. Absolutely. But it's just an, an interesting trade to me. Yeah, yeah, it's, and then the next one that we're going to talk about is equally interesting.
0: And he's a rental. So these are the, this yeah. is, these are rental defensemen that are, that's going.
2: really all they can do though, because of how, how they're set up right now. They They can't afford much more.
0: No, but they need, and they, I mean, they must feel like their window is closing to win another cup too. So I, yeah, I don't know.
2: I mean, I think the window's closing for Obi maybe, um, unless they're going to get him some, some fantastic deals after he his contract ex- expires after the end of next season. But I mean, they've got Kuzi, Backstrom, and Oshie locked up until 24, 25. Um, I mean, Backstrom and Oshie will be mid to late 30s by that point, yeah. but. You still got enough there, I think, to work with. And you got Jake Jake Vrana. He's only 23 years old. Um, I
1: kind of look at the Caps team, not to cut you off, Ryan. I kind of look at the Caps team um, very similar to how I looked at the Red Wings. Like once, you know, Datsuk and Zetterberg started to age a bit, like Mm -hmm. the Caps, I, I think, will be one of those teams that's still good enough to make the playoffs every year. But there will be a point in time where where you're, they're just not good enough to win the Stanley Cup anymore. But they there's become still the a team that's good enough. Exactly, they become yeah. the Wings. Although they have Kuznetsov, and and so I guess it depends on how he you know ascends, and you know Verana, who has really gotten better. He's also
2: out like, hurt too.
1: But He's then again, off. you're going to have to pay those guys, and Backstrom's not going to take. He just got signed. And-
2: yeah. So well, they're, they've got Kuznetsov is locked up until 24, 25. Backstrom, he just re-upped for five more Re-up. years. That's right. But okay. his salary jumps three mil going into the next season. So that's and something then else you gotta got take it to take into effect. Who's
1: affect. probably leaving in free agency? Like almost no matter what at this point. Yeah, he's gonna
2: want to pro- likely a raise off the six point one that he's making, but he's yes. also thirty years old.
1: They also have Ilya Samsonov, who is like a you know a really good, good goalie yeah. prospect. That's oh, he's, he's been fantastically good him. for them. Yeah, so
0: yeah, but I to mean, show you where uh, they're at, they've got two hundred thirty-one thousand dollars in cap space. Yeah.
1: To me, it looks like a Ben Bishop situation from a couple of years ago. You know, when he was in Tampa Bay and he ended up getting traded at the deadline because uh, Tampa Bay didn't want to lose him for nothing, and they just played Vasilevsky. Uh, I mean, I I could see something like that happening. I don't know if they'll trade (sighs) Holtby at this point. If
2: anything, the Holtby deal, what I think would be a a, at the draft, maybe you trade his rights away.
1: That's that's true for a a depth
2: pick at that point because I don't think you want to let go of a guy that has recently won the cup with a guy that's never played in the playoffs. Yeah. So but, that, that'd be, that'd be far too risky for them to just dump. Hope at the deadline. If, if that happened, then you, you think there has to be a mental health check being done in the, in the <laughs> organization.
0: Yeah. Um, so that, that trade that Brendan Dillon trade. So if you figured the capitals went, Oh shit, uh, we didn't get to We've got to overpay for Brendan Dillon. Then the St. Louis Blues went, oh, shit, we didn't get Brendan Dillon or Dylan DeMello. We're getting Marco Scandella, which all the names, now that I read them in a row, are all weirdly similar sounding. (laughs) Dylan DeMello, Brendan Dillon, Marco Scandella is a lot of L's in all of them. But Marco Scandella went to the St. Louis Blues from the Montreal Canadiens. The Canadiens received the Blues' 2020 second-round pick and 2021 conditional fourth. Uh, Which we were talking a little bit beforehand. Marco Scandella was acquired from Buffalo. Montreal acquired him from Buffalo about a month ago for a fourth round pick. So they're basically turning Scandella, that fourth round pick that they traded for Scandella, into a second and possibly another fourth. Ryan, do you have that trade up? Do you have the condition on that fourth? I have it. I have it. Go ahead, Tyler. What's the condition um, on the fourth? It,
1: it, the, con- the condition is if uh, Scandella re with St. Louis or the Blues win two playoff rounds and Scandella plays at least half of the games in the first mm-hmm. two rounds, according to sports, and that's uh, Chris Johnson.
0: They get Johnston. that pick, or, and if that stuff doesn't happen, that pick just goes away?
1: Correct. I believe so. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Scandella's only played 20 games for the Canadians this season with three points. Uh, last season in Buffalo, he in 63 games had 13 points. A 29 year old depth defense, left shot defenseman. Uh, all that's being traded right now are depth defensemen, which is, I guess, okay. That's not a big deal. I mean, that's what you need to make I mean, most of these teams, that's depth. exactly what they need. Yeah, yeah. That's what they need to make a run is depth. But even Scand- if
1: you don't make a move like at the trade deadline or, or if you don't make a significant move, get, trading for a depth defenseman never hurts. No, especially if you're going for the Stanley Cup or at least, you know, trying to compete in the playoffs. Like, like, you know, one of your defenseman goes down, you can you can put that guy in that you traded for or, or what have you.
0: Now, again, Scandella but, uh, is a rental. He's making two million dollars a season. But again, you, you overpaid because you panicked because you didn't get the guys you wanted. Or the guys you were looking at. No, teams he, he's did. making
2: four on the year. That's the retained is two mil.
0: Yeah, he's only costing the Blues two million. Yes. So you give up a second round pick and a conditional fourth for a depth defenseman. So what it's looking like now is that the market is good for the Red Wings. And it's good for the Red Wings because you're trying to get rid of someone like to see you. And his numbers this year are not good, as we all know. I mean, he's picked it back up in the in the past few games. He's scored a couple goals. He's, he's looked, actually
2: looked decent on looked decent. base offs. Yeah, He
0: looked, looked really decent.
1: good in the game that I went to on Saturday. I thought he was one of the better, more dangerous players on the ice for the wings. And I think what they're doing... Not doing that saying much.
0: But. And they've flexed Robbie Fabry up to the first line with Mantha and Larkin and bumped Bertuzzi down to play with, I think it's Filipula and Athanasiu. So, which yeah. I
2: love that line. Yeah. Those top two lines. I actually thoroughly enjoy to watch together. Cause I think they all have great chemistry,
1: but that's uh, only we line... had defensemen that could get the fucking puck up to the forwards. Yeah, mm, that, yeah.
0: That second line, you bump Bertuzzi down to see if you can get a little more playmaking in there to try and, and get Athanasiu as much offense as you can in this last window before the trade deadline to see if he can go. But if you – I would say with the way the market's looking and, and fully getting a second, Blake Coleman basically getting a first and a former first-round – like good former first-round pick, if you don't get at least a first-round pick for uh, Athanasiou, you've, you've almost kind of failed there with the way the market has set itself unless something crazy happens and it just cools off tomorrow.
2: Do, do you – what do you prefer, a first-round pick or a top prospect,
0: or two that stack can play? Is,
2: that can play quicker.
0: One of each. With, with the way, way that, but with what Blake Coleman got, I want that return for Athanasius because Athanasius is uh he it has a three million dollar contract with our He's twenty-six. He's still controllable by, or he's twenty-five. He's still controllable by the team that gets him. So you're getting a former. Uh, just as of last season scored 30 goals he's coming on offensively now um at least a little bit he's been playing with uh, mostly garbage all season so i mean and take, hurt yeah take into account the, the, the factors that are the detroit red wings and who he's playing with if you're not getting a first and a prospect for Athanasiu, you're doing yourself a disservice for what blake coleman was able to get
1: I'll tell you one thing about Athanasiu and I've read this in multiple articles, so it's obviously not something that's being made up. Somebody's plugged in and someone knows what's going on. But I I think I read and this these this is quote end quote, just so you guys know. Basically saying talking about Athanasiu that he's not Steve's cup of tea. Yeah. Which well, that basically was... means that Steve E. Y doesn't really care for the way this guy plays the game of hockey
0: yeah that came out a while ago there was another one on i seen Live. another one recently yeah.
1: though i don't remember exactly
0: where ansar khan said uh from people hearing from people inside the organization that athanasiu is not part of eiserman's future plans for the team so
2: one of the articles you're referring to was that Jonathan Willis one about yep. players to be aware of. Yep. It's from the Athletic.
1: That's what it was. Yeah, it, it was sort of recently. It was what tra- players to be aware of being traded. Or, it was. Or it was.
2: It came out today. But sorry, Greg, go ahead. Finish your oh, point. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was my point. Was just that it's he's just not part of Iserman. It, from apparently inside the organization, This is not part of Iserman's plan for the team going forward, which is fine. But. If we look at where he's rumored to go, now I say rumor, heavy, heavy quotations, because any account with the word rumor in their name is generally not legitimate, but the rumor is that St. Louis is looking at him and that uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets are looking at him. Now, St. Louis does have their first round pick. They just traded away their second round pick, but they do have their first and they have, so the package I would look at is someone like uh, Scott Perunovich, who plays for the University of Minnesota Duluth right now. He is he's pretty good. Yeah. He has 33 points in 28 games. Um, he it was up for the Hobie Baker a couple of years ago, I think. I, I think so. And I think he's the what, what, was, what is considered the fifth rated um, prospect in their system right now. And their first round pick. And you're figuring their first-round pick is going to be in the, the mid to late 20s. And that's that's what I would ask for athens CU from the St. Louis Blues. But if Blake Coleman set the trend for forward, the forward market, that's what I'm asking for.
1: I wonder if you could get a guy like Sanford, too, as a throw-in.
0: I wouldn't ask for – I mean, I would start at a pick and a good prospect and then make them talk you down on the prospect. That's a good idea.
1: I mean, I, I could see him working out pretty well in St. Louis. I mean, especially, I mean, we got Jacob Del Rose gave him him to uh, St. Louis for Fabry. I mean, if they can make something like that work out where like a guy like Perunovic is able to come over to Detroit and you have U going over there, I mean, that would be ideal. But It
2: would be terrifying if he went to St. Louis because the I think the one of the biggest overlooked things, I mean, maybe it's not overlooked at all, it's just me saying it, but Terra has been hurt, yeah, and he's yep. going to be coming back. Yes, you put a guy, it's kind of like where we randomly talked about putting Athanasiu on a wing with like McDavid. You put him on or the opposite pros- wing. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you, that's what I'm saying. If you put him on the opposite wing of Terra if you've got like I don't want to say was it was Schwartz, there's one of their main centers over there, I can't Kane remember. It. Yeah, you have Schwartz, Terra Cinco, I think O'Reilly. you're gonna be okay, or even yeah. Ryan, yeah, Ryan O'Reilly.
0: Well, from what our one of our guys that we talked to over the Blues podcast, um, they they said if you you would basically put him on a line with uh, Rob Thomas in Kairou, and that's mm-hmm. one of the faster lines in the league at that point. You just got speed. I going wonder if all they'd away.
1: give you a guy like like uh, Cairo, who just mm-hmm. came up like recently. I, I, don't, I don't think, think many of these would. teams
2: are going to give away a current roster player unless it's like the the Schaller trade that we just uh, talked Schaller, about. Yeah. I think that that'd be the only way you're getting somebody. It's not going to be someone that's actually impactful. He's overall.
1: also another guy who you could watch out that could be end up, end up being flipped by the Kings and the deadline, because he's also a guy that could help out a contender just on, you know, on a fourth line and a third line kind of like an LGD type. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh, so the other team that they were talking about is the uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. So the Columbus Blue Jackets do have their first-round pick. I didn't think they did, but they do have it.
2: They've given up so much lately.
0: Yeah, um, but they want to win. So what do you have to do when you want to win? you got to keep giving up assets. And Yeah,
2: I don't see that happening, not this year.
0: What I would look like in a return from Columbus would be their first-round pick, and 20-year-old forward Marcus Carlberg. That is what I would look at in a um, kind of a package. Carlberg, right now, he has gone through three teams this season, um, from the uh, Lexins, IFJ20, in the Super Elite, to the Lexins team in the SHL, and now he's on loan and to AIK and the all But he has 31 points. Uh, 32 points through all three leagues that he's been in, and he had four points in the under-20 tournament uh, in eight games. So that's what I would look like and for a team that thinks they need to win again or win now. Um, that's I'm, I'm asking for a first-round pick, and I'm asking for a top prospect. That's what I'm asking for. And you can try and talk me down on the prospect um, to a different level, or you can try and talk me into a roster player because at some point salary is going to have to be moved. Because these some of these teams are kind of high up there, but you, I don't think you're talking me off the first round pick if Blake Coleman got a first round pick.
2: Yeah, I I, I can't see Kekalinen dropping a first now when they have no second or third round pick this season. And yeah, he already did what, that
1: last year.
2: If and for what they've got on IR right now, I don't think making a trade like that would make any sense for them. If they did, that's ballsy because their IR currently they have thirty million dollars on their injury reserve with Cam Atkinson, Dubinsky, Seth Jones, Alex Winberg, Ryan Murray, Josh Anderson, Alexander Texier, and Dean Kukan. All guys that play solid minutes on the main run when they're not when they're healthy. Like Texier is their fourth line guy. Josh Anderson is he floats anywhere, and then Alex Winberg another solid center. So it's and. Jabinski can play center. I mean, granted, we're not saying that Athanasius is getting traded as a center, but that, yeah. to me, the Blue going to the Blue Jackets and them giving up a first round pick and then having no picks in the first three rounds in what is one of the best depth drafts that we've seen in a long time without them making another move. I know Josh Anderson's I think been talked about because he's in the same situation as Athanasius, where he's still an RFA for another year, so he's got ar- arbitration rights, yep. but a team could control him.
0: Well that it, could
2: be their trip. So if they brought an you, I would see a guy like that going at being their outbound trade to try to bring back picks. Yep.
0: Yeah. So going into next season, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and all of their goalies are RFAs. So mm-hmm. um They're like Detroit, but like, better. Literally all of them are RFAs. They have no UFAs. So they're all yeah. under team control. Um this is really one of their guys, Vladislav Gavrikov. One of their defensemen is a 10.2 C, which apparently it says this player has not accrued the necessary amount of oh. professional seasons required for Group Two RFA status. They're huh. ineligible. They are ineligible for an offer sheet.
2: So he he looked good when we were down there yeah. for the the Jackets game. He's actually the game, few games I've seen, he has been solid. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. He's a so, good player.
0: So I could see the Blues going for him. The other team that I could see going for him is Colorado. Colorado just lost Mika Rantanen, which is a big oh, part yeah. of their team, which is uh, a, a guy that just scores goals in bunches and, and is very, very good and fast. Um, but if you, big. Yeah, but I think uh, the Abs. I think Anthony C would fit well on the Abs because they have solid defensive forwards um, that the Red Wings don't have. So you could kind of make up for his defes- defensive insufficiencies by sending him there. The other thing is, I think you might be able to package Bernier and Athens CU to the avalanche because they also lost Grubauer. So oh, did they really, they did Grubauer went down injured.
2: What's how long is he out for?
0: Uh, it was uh Grubauer lower body will undergo additional testing. It should have a timeline regarding his turn later in the week. And that was as of yesterday, um, Ooh. but it, yeah, I mean, you normally can come out and say, yeah, it'll be it'll be a few, like, day-to-day, but they're saying he needs more tests, and that could be not good. Um, they have his estimated return date on Roto-Wire of the 21st, but I don't think that's going to happen. So you could trade Bernier, and you could trade Athanasiou to the Abs as a package and, and get, a, I believe, a pretty decent return from them for him. But Bowen Byram! That's... <laughs> That's where, I yeah, okay. on, that's where I stand on Athens, U. Uh And, and pretty I mean, much the trade deadline overall, because, I mean, you may be able to move Helm for a pick. If you retain some salary, you may be able to move Glenn Denning for a pick. But it's nothing going to be as substantial as what you would get for, for Athanasiou. No, nah,
2: you're getting a so depth So you think Athanasiou
1: is the biggest chip that they have to, to cash in on? Yeah, I think he's absolutely. really the only chip they well, have
2: to cash in on.
0: Bernier would be the other chip, and I wouldn't take... Glenn I wouldn't, winning. I wouldn't take... Uh, a trade for Bernie, unless someone's going to give me a, at least a second. Mm. So, Glenn mm. Denning, you might get a third or fourth for, honestly. Or, uh, you, Glenn uh, Denning,
2: I, I would see as a fourth. Glenn, because, well, Glenn, you uh,
0: might be able to get a third and a prospect. You think so? Yeah. I mean, with yeah. the way that, like I said, with the way the forward market has set itself, um, because he mm. is a face off guy.
1: Greg, and... remember what we talked about last year on this podcast, on this very podcast? What do we talk about? Every time we get our hopes up, for, well, actually, I guess it's Steve Eiserman now. So I, guess I have zero we can,
2: hopes we can get right now. That. Let's we just be very clear.
0: That. So never so mind. Are, are we going to end tonight saying don't get your hopes up? Maybe nothing will happen.
2: <laughs> That's kind of where you know I'm. I'm totally expecting nothing to happen. To be completely honest and with Eisenman you,
0: Eiserman did temper it a little bit, saying we we want to get more picks. We want to see what we can do to a- acquire more talent. But the deal, the right deals have to be there. So he did kind of set it up for maybe nothing will happen. Maybe some small moves, like maybe a Glendenning for a third and a in a B prospect or C prospect. Maybe Helm for for a third round pick and in a in a lower prospect. But you TSN through Athanasius name is number seven on trade bait, and I believe that placement. I just don't think. If, if someone's not going to throw what, what we're thinking, like a first and a good prospect at Stevie, I think he'll wait till the summer because in the summer he'll have more leverage.
1: Assuming after see plays better down the stretch. Yeah.
2: You know you know, what we haven't talked about, too, that I think could make a lot of sense for him to go to?
0: Who is that? And we'll close out Nashville. with your thought, Ryan. Nashville. You think?
2: Mm-hmm why because they've got so looking at their looking at cap friendly they've got a first they've got two seconds and two thirds okay they've got multiple ufas that are expiring that are costly and one in michael grandland one in craig smith they've also got rocco grimaldi as a ufa so they've got all their expiring contracts are ufas that they don't have any actually yeah literally every contract that they have expiring next season is a ufa they don't so there's one positive for Old Poyle over there who likes to get risky and make bold trades. Well, um, their,
1: their window is, is their, closing very quickly. Too. The
2: window's closing. They're lacking essentially anything right now. They've been, It's been a struggle bus for whatever reason. And I just think that he could actually help that team out a little bit in regards to their offensive pop because they've already got enough guys that can throw the body. Their defense is still stout um but they've got i don't know i'm ignorant when it comes to what their actual prospect pool is like but i wonder if you could get the Fabro. they've go. got the picks go. and they could give you they could dump you a, do a, this. a contract to try to make it yeah, work
0: do this send see you to the predators for their first round pick their second round pick and kyle terrace
2: Take the contract,
0: take the six million dollar contract until twenty twenty three, twenty four. I don't see any reason they would say no to that.
2: I could see him saying, yeah,
0: potentially because th- th- that deal takes him to thirty four. Um,
2: we're, t- we're talking about wanting him before the season or when free agency hit. I,
0: I don't want him, but like you said, they have a lot of UFAs coming up and they're going to be pretty strapped for cap. And if you can take a, if they can give you a second round pick to take his contract, and they get back Athanasiu, and you just get there first because you're getting Athens-EU, um that's I mean I don't see why you you wouldn't make that trade.
2: Man, that that'd be tough. I. I...
0: And they're getting six million off, so you're helping their cap going into next season. You essentially, yeah, you're but... gaining Athanasio. A uh, uh, semi-young, high-scoring forward, when put in the correct situation, and you're you're giving up your first. You've got wh- how many seconds did you say they have? They've got two seconds. They've got
2: they've got two. They've got their own in New Jersey's.
0: So if you give up, give us your second. Give us your first. You take New Jersey's second, which is going to be a high second, borderline oh, yeah, first-round 30, pick,
2: thirty-third pick. Yeah. You're, most likely.
0: Yeah, so you're basically in the first round and you've got two in the third, one of them's Minnesota's. That's gonna that could be a high pick, uh, high second round pick. So you mm-hmm. set yourself up there to be picking in pretty good position, offloading cap, getting Athanasi when giving up your first. That's I, I don't I that is probably the most realistic package for Athanasi, Ryan. Thank you for letting us close the show on that one. <laughs> Um, But I want to get. I
1: I like the thinking outside the box.
0: Yeah, I want to get you guys' final thoughts before we close it out here. Uh,
2: I'll I'll go ahead, Tyler, since I already started talking and made noise. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what to expect uh, from my final thoughts in regards to the trade deadline. There's, we've kind of been in the what the hell is Stevie gonna do this whole season?
0: That's what you're saying. We're We're scared.
2: I don't know if I didn't say that I'm scared. It's just I'm not like what I was just saying is I don't want to get my hopes up. And I I don't have any hopes, to be quite honest. If something happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I mean, it's just is what it is. They've got enough that they can make some deals likely come draft time. If nothing actually takes place here at the deadline. And it's. Yeah. Whatever happens, you just got to ride with it at this point because it's not going to, it's, they're not making a move to get a better player. If they're, if anything, they get a depth guy. Maybe they land a prospect. The hope, obviously, if something happens is that they do get a top pick, be it a first rounder or an early type second rounder. That's a stretch because it'd be a playoff team. So just go with it. Don't get pissed off if it doesn't happen. And that's about all I got. Twitter handle's already Ryan33.
1: Tyler. Um, I'll try to spin this in a positive way. Hopefully they can get, you know, something uh, in return. Hopefully they can, uh, you know, not expedite the rebuild, but, you know, just keep the rebuild going, um, have some faith in Stevie Y and hopefully they'll be able to, uh, you know, come up with some, you know, some more assets going forward. I mean, in terms of the Red Wings themselves right now, you know, obviously they're abysmal to watch. So just watch the rest of the league and. And if you can go, get to some college hockey games, because there's been some tremendous ones over the last couple of weeks, I went to BU game, like I said the other night, and uh, you know the Bean Pot was tremendous, and the duel in the D was pretty good last night. So I mean, just continue to watch hockey and uh, watch Wings prospects. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91.
0: Yeah, and as we talk, um, it looks like Montreal might need some help because Victor Mete just went off in extreme pain. Uh, had yeah. to be had to be helped off the ice. So Carey
2: Price skated up to him to help stand him up so he could it wasn't falling over.
0: Yeah. So you know that's not a good injury um, unless he just got like real real stung. Um, but my final thoughts will be just don't like Ryan's doing. Don't get your hopes up for stuff that's not guaranteed to happen. Um, I'm expecting Ath- I'm expecting Athens to see you to go simply because of how the forward market has gone so far. But that could be all that happens and I'm perfectly okay with that being all that happens because more will happen come summer. Uh, Trade deadline deals will happen. People will want to move picks to to kind of bulk up on people like Luke Glendenning's or or people like Darren Helms just to fill out their rosters uh, after the draft. So take a look out for stuff like that. Like we said, the trade deadline is on the 24th. I believe 3 p.m. is the end of it. Um, so yeah, just just uh, stick around, and then we will have people on. We'll actually try and get a guest after the deadline to kind of go over the Red Wings' moves, how how big or small they were. Um, but you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline podcast online at Grindline Pod. You can find our podcast online, where you can find every other podcast on the face of the planet. We are like literally everywhere. Again, you'll hear a thirty second ad before our podcast that just helps us get paid. Um, there's also a support link if you go to our Anchor FM page. If you would like to support us monthly, there are options for as little as 99 cents. They just kind of help us keep the podcast moving along. Right. Yeah. yeah, you can also use yeah. the promo code yeah. GRINDLINE on Howie's Hockey Try Rohan. Yeah, you can use the promo code GRINDLINE on Howie's to get 10% off your online order. And we always like to shout out Founders, who is the official beer of the Grindline podcast. But yeah, just sit tight, get ready for trade deadline. Should be really interesting. For Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.